Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. And welcome to another massive week of Jack and Flash right here on SEN Tasmania. Thanks to Harrison Agents. Selling your home. Contact Harrison Agents today. We're live on 1629 SEN Tasmania, 1611 SEN track, Northern Tasmania, and right around the country on the SEN app. David Lithgow here with you. I'm in day six of COVID, but I'm feeling pretty good. I have no Jack Revolt with me today. He's having a little holiday for the week with the bye for the Mighty Tigers, but I wouldn't want to celebrate my last, second last day of COVID without my old mate, Brett Jeeves. Good morning, young man. Good morning, Flash. Hey, um, has Jack just got a little sloppy? What's uh, where is he? What's happened? He's uh, two weeks out. I don't think he's available next week. Has he just given it up, or no, is he coming well, back? I mean, he, he just, is the host. It is the it is you, the Jack and Flash show. Well, so hopefully, Jack soon. Maybe it should be Flash and Jack, but that's another conversation that we'll have. Well, and the other conversation is that these five thirty AM starts are destroying me. So, Jack, please, <laughs> the love of God, will you come back? <laughs> You're not a morning person, that's absolutely for sure. Well, we've had a big week, mate. We've got another Tasmanian in the footy. Um, isn't it great news, Jai Menzi selected by the, the Mighty Bombers? Gosh, they could use some help. Let's hope Jai's uh, got his kicking boots on. We'll find out a I bit was, more. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll find I was out reading, a bit more. I was, I was reading Big Footy, Big Board just then, and, and they want him in, and they want him as captain. So let's let's get him rolling. Week one. <laughs> well, we're going to have a chat to his SNFL coach, um, Jared Wright, which is excellent. Um, lots and bits and pieces to talk about. Brett, I'm excited about today. It's the Dubs and the Celtics. Who would have thought that in about, what are we, four and a half, five hours' time? I know you and I, that's exactly what we'll be doing today. Um, Brett, the intrigue has continued this week in regards to our Tasmanian AFL bid. Um, State Labor leader Rebecca White said on Tuesday the stadium plan was reckless economic management and should be abandoned, with reports revealing the $750 cost is just a ballpark figure. Tom Brown reports from Channel 7 in Melbourne. Summaries where things currently stand, um, we've got a problem. He spoke to Brett Godfrey and Grant O'Brien from AFL Task Force recently. Tonight, the lack of tripartisan support for the closed roof stadium have several clubs I spoke to today absolutely spooked regarding the costings and support. It's emerged that Tasmania only used ballpark figures for the stadium cost estimate. The state opposition now worried the stadium is unaffordable. Just to explain, 
Several clubs regard this stadium under the closed roof as an absolute non-negotiable. Part of the idea was in winter, under the roof, the AFL could stage up to 11 games in a marquee slot, for example, Monday night, generating big TV revenue in Tasmania. The business heavyweights I spoke to are very supportive and passionate about the project. They took any questions regarding club concerns when I spoke to them one-on-one. The stadium is meant to be the jewel in the crown. It's not guaranteed in Tasmania's formal pitch. We, in our business plan, said that the, we'd, we'd have the games hosted in two, two cities, Launceston and, and, and Hobart, um, both AFL standard grounds. The Tasmanian government has offered $150 million over 10 years. Several clubs and even the AFL don't think $15 million per year is enough. We think it is. Let's not forget that this is not a, um, a new market. This is an established market. We think we've met the hurdle that was put before us to get to what even the AFL felt their internal review would be required for the club to not be a burden upon the competition. Clubs worried they'll be on the hook in perpetuity. Tasmania revealing they'd accept a 10-year licence. If that was the, the final chip that required required to go in so that the presidents knew what the 10-year maximum exposure was as opposed to a forever risk and liability, well, that may not be an unreasonable thing. The task force confirming they have pitched private investment. Alastair Clarkson developed the idea based on the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay is in effect owned by its community and Alistair Clarkson has, has, has been there to have a look and it, what it does is, is in effect um, present the opportunity for people to buy a share in the, in, in the club. So there you go. Thanks very much to Tom Brown, of course, a critic of the Tasmanian um, uh, bid for the last 10 years, but uh, his work for Channel 7 very much appreciated. Brett, are you concerned there doesn't seem to be any tripartisan support as Tom's uh, outlined all the costing, the Labor government, etc., etc.? What's your thoughts? Firstly, my understanding of tripartisan was that that's the ice cream you buy with three colours, yeah? So <laughs> I'm not sure where that comes from, why we're concerned oh, about the ice cream. I've actually, I've actually never heard tripartisan until this morning, and I'm a super intelligent I, bit like yourself. Well, it, it obviously means three-way, which is terrific. Um yeah, look, I mean, it is a concern now that there are just an abundance of concerns. We spoke about this last week that it felt we were in a good space. It was moving forward. Certainly the, the local journos and, and, and the feedback was that it was it was rolling towards a 27-28 uh, um, kind of kickoff. Um, I do understand why the opposition would be concerned about the costings. Um, if, if there's been ballpark figures thrown around and there's been nothing, no surety around those costs, those costs have obviously come in big we've we've got some issues down here that that need addressing financially and we spoke about this last week health homelessness um mental health i mean the challenges for the state and society are enormous can you justify that level of money to be tipped into into something that really you know it's it's great and it's entertainment and it's it's important for our tourism but is it more important than, than, than the issues we're facing across health and homelessness? So uh, the opposition leader doing her, her job, you know, to, to ensure that we get this right, asking the right questions. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really difficult one. But, you know, as I said, the last couple of weeks, we're now starting to see some hurdles. I mean, my, my question would be, um, we, we've been stomping our feet for an awful long time around the lack of equality and uh, lack of representation from a, you know, from a heartland football state 
we we just have to pay what's asked of us, don't we? Like we're not really in a position to negotiate. Uh, if the AFL come back and say, hey, this is the cost, and it, and the federal government are, are going to offer up a certain amount for the stadium, you need to contribute this. Then th- that's just how it's going to roll, I think. And if and if we don't stump up the cash, then it's not going to happen. All these years of you know kind of stomping our feet, it's just going to mean we're We've got bruised heels for no reason. It's an interesting one, um, Rebecca White. We might try and get her on over the next week or two, if that's at all possible. I'll get Mitch on to that. I mean, look, I do recall um, Rebecca White, of course, ter- terrific uh, Labor person down here, very critical of the Jack Jumpers as well. She was very, very critical, Brett. You'll remember that well if your um, depth of knowledge is in, in the back of your head. It, it, this is, it, look, it is a very tricky one, and you've outlined all of those um, extremely important social elements to all of this, but Tommy Brown, he loves this. He loves it. You know, this is this is this Melbourne media for a decade. I've been listening to them rolling all out the negative connotations all the time. I do agree. I think we've had a couple of speed humps, etc., over the last week or two, which is a little... Big concern. Look, how important is it that we actually just all come together? I mean, politics never come together. This is the way I look at it, Brett. The Liberal Party has obviously done this and this, so the Labor Party have said, no, we're not happy with it. And this is this is politics in this country. I mean, it's never it's never been any different, has it? I do. I I do think in this instance that it is it is justified. In and look, we, we don't know the cost of the justified stadium. Justified as in justified um, as in the, the the figures conversation. Yeah, so you know, it was was mentioned in that report that there were ballpark in terms of the estimates. You know, I, I we, you know we we don't know what they've come in at, and and also I'm not qualified enough to as you know in terms of my, my knowledge of the economy to to be able to say you know if we spend four hundred million on this stadium or you know whatever it's going to be. Yep. the impact that has on everything else and the flow-on effect. But to me, it feels justified. You know, we, we have some serious concerns socially that, that need addressing. So I completely understand and, you know, stand with Rebecca in her questioning of, hey, if this is going to be too much and the, imp- and the impact is detrimental to Tasmanians and yep. our society, then that, that's, that's a fair question to ask. Do you um, think... Oh, um... Do you think the Labor Party in Tasmania, led by Rebecca Wright, is a fa- is uh, pro Tasmanian AFL team? Yes or no? No, no, I agree, and that might on be the, a little on, bit. The, on the fact that I think that you know every Tasmanian wants this to happen, um, but it has to happen with the best interests of, of Tasmanians in mind. You know, the local tourism stuff is important. Is it as in you know in, in terms of the investment and the stadium and the amount of money yep. to throw at this? But is it more important than the impact that that money can have yep. on homelessness, that it can have on, I mean, is our hospital finished sure. being built? You know, yep. like we, there, there are projects that have lingered and lingered and need money, need finance. Mm. And if we move on to something else, then what are the impacts of that? And, and, and I think that, you know, like I said, I think that Rebecca's completely justified in asking those questions yep. and having, having those concerns. And as mentioned, um, she didn't want the uh, Jack Jumpers to go ahead as well. Um, the you private did, equity part, of that. <laughs> the private equity part of all this spread is really interesting. Um, as a Green Bay fan, I've in the NFL, I've watched and listened to how that 
very unusual situation happens. Uh, Clarko's pushing for it. It's like a halfway point almost of membership and private ownership where thousands of members would own tiny stakes in the club. So I guess it's almost a tangible thing, isn't it, that everybody, you, me, um, our kids, etc., we're all, it's all ours. Do you like that? I mean, there's huge risk in that, isn't there, that um, that you don't get the support. Um, I, I'm, I'm, and again, I don't know the economics of how many members would be required to make that viable. Um, you know, maybe it's a phone call to Wall Street. Look, can you fund this big fella? You know, you've, you've established the, the greatest arts uh, set up potentially in the world out in Claremont, my stomping ground. The irony is not lost on me either that one of the greatest art facilities in the world sits in Bogan, Mecca, uh, northern suburbs. That's just outstanding for, for me. I love it. But, you know, if you are if you are going down that, that, that private stake, who's available for, for, for that level of money um, and is willing to take that risk? So, you know, the safe bet is obviously government-funded, um, but if, you know, if that's not going to happen, then we've no other choice but to go down this private equity stake. I will say that um, the, the concept around the roof is an absolute must. Friday night footy at Bell Reeve in the middle of winter, hard sell. She's one, two degrees straight off, uh, you know, the wind blows off Antarctica. It's awful. So roof, roof, roof is a must. It's going to happen. Just for the record, if I was a billionaire, I would be chipping in here. We'll get some more text. We've got text lines coming through at the moment. We'd love to know what you want to say about this topic. 0437 552 535. Tweet us at SEN Call in on 1-300-42-1533. Gosh, we're already arguing, which I really, really enjoy, Brett Jeeves. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Lifter. Good morning, everyone. This is Flash and Jeevesy on SEN Tasmania. Great to have your company this morning, David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves, with you talking all things sport. Off the text this morning, we've got a couple of things that have come through. Tassie wants and needs its own team. I'm sick of people calling up thinking they know what's best for Tasmania. That's from Jordan. And from Gerra in Lindisfarne, he said, grow up politicians. Can't you just work together on this one? Yes, I agree to you, Gerra. Thank you very much. Now, Brett, I have never seen a snowstorm than I've seen this week with our beloved Lance, Buddy Franklin and Trent Hotchin, uh conversations, issues, QCs, AFLs getting involved. What an absolute charade. Now, I want to break this down to you just quickly, and I'd love to hear what you've got to say. Can we start with Lance Franklin? Um, he got a week. I think he's a bit unlucky, but he got a week. And this is what Lance does. Every single week, he goes very close to wanting to whack somebody, as you well know. Whether he's running through someone and clipping someone in the head, he gives away more free kicks than anyone uh, in the competition. Um, he absolutely plays on the edge, and that is Lance Franklin. And I've got to say, it was a little bit dumb. But can I ask you this, Brett, to start this conversation? If you're an opposition player, and you and I are playing footy, and you and I were wannabe footballers that were pretty average, but would you... What? 
let's put yourself in Trent Cotchin's shoes. Would you, uh, if we, you and I were playing for IHA versus Hutchins down at Coimbra, would we go up to the biggest, scariest bloke, firstly, and whack him in the ribs? Would, 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 is that how you and I would go about things? Oh, no, I know you would Go. I think it's funny that you bring up uh, Hutchins down at Queenborough because um, I saw one of the funniest things of all time, and you know where I'm going with this. Uh, wet, very wet day down there. It was muddy, and we got to late in the last quarter. You did not have one bit of mud on you. You were the cleanest no. player I'd ever seen. You picked the ball up in the forward pocket. Credit to you. One of the greatest touch. blind turns ever. Straight into the arms of the Hutchins player, holding the ball. He rubbed your face in the dirt, told you that – uh, you were soft, you were clean, and you were a disgrace. I ran over, you know, kind of thinking I should help, and we we laughed. The Hutchins player and I just laughed. It was hilarious. Mm. So, uh, in answer to your to... question, yes, you are, you you are not tickling any bears. You, oh, we know for no, you, you reckon full well. We know full well based on that that you are not. Uh, I'm not going anywhere near Lance Franklin personally. Oh, of course, um, I'm not. There's got to be a ratio, I think. You know, I'm about six foot, maybe six three might be about my limit. Anyone above that is is probably no go zone. But if you're an AFL footballer and you can uh, get a response out of Lance, which gets you a free kick, uh, then you do it. Um, you know, and, yep. and Trent Cochin Trent Cochin has proven himself to be that player. Well, he has indeed, and he's been a, a magnificent leader the last six or seven years, and he's as hard as a cat's head, and I love everything about Trent Cotchin. But don't for a second think you wouldn't want to whack him. Don't for a second, Richmond supporters, do you not think that you would want to clip him? Trent Cotchin is an irritant. He is somebody that you, if you were playing on him, he would absolutely do your head in. So for all the Richmond supporters out there, including our executive producer, Mitchell Scott, including our great friend, Jack Revolt, what do you think he's going to do? Of course he's going to get whacked. Now, this QC from the Sydney Swans has come out with one of the great one-liners I've seen. I'm trying to get off Lance Franklin here, Brett. And the one-liner suggested... Cotchin might just get an invite to the Logies instead of the Brownlow this year for exaggerating the impact on the Franklin strike. Now, I thought that was absolutely lol, ha, ha, ha. What was your thoughts, fella? Um, well, I thought it was quite humorous. Uh, probably a little inappropriate. Maybe the QC needs to be a little straighter than uh, dishing out the gags. I, I assumed he was talking about because he, you know, he's happy, happy enough to be slapped given the, the recent Logies controversy, but um, would he would he, would he he take the hit better than Chris Rock? Maybe not. He took that quite nicely, but off topic. Uh, no, I mean, you are right. Trent, Trent Cotchin is he's always in the thick of it, um, and you've got to respect that. He's kind of – he's dished Super a few fun. out. He's been, he's yeah. been fortunate with, with the tribunal at different stages. I think there was a, a final that he uh, – there was a bit of a but, dirty act, and he got yes. off, and that was some uproar. Um, so he he is that player. I, I like the humour from the QC, but what came next with the forced apology, I think, was was justified. And then, of course, on the back of that uh, statement from the AFL House and League, he's apologised for Lance Franklin after, well, he, the word cowardly was used in terms of what uh, cowardly and brazen was the exact words that AFL counsel Andrew Woods used in this case and of course 
Richmond supporters, including our executive producer, again, Mitchell Scott. Have I told him his name yet? That didn't weren't they up in arms? How dare you treat our Trent Kochi like that? Don't you dare call him that. He's as tough as old boots. Poor Kochi, poor Kochi, poor Kochi. And now the AFL's apologising for this. Who cares? Lance got a week. He shouldn't have got a week. Trent needs to get whacked because he's one of those blokes and he got whacked and he didn't bruise a grape because he's as tough as old boots. That wouldn't have wiped a fly off his face, that little clip from Lance Franklin. I, I can't remember a bigger week of a bigger circus and I hope after today, Brady Boy, we can move on. Can I just have a message to Richmond supporters? Don't worry, Trenty Boy's okay. He slept beautifully this week and he's going to have the week off with Jackie Boy and they're going to come back next week. Trent is going to be okay. I, I had kind of assumed, Flash, that that the QC was a was a just a disgruntled <laughs> Hawthorne supporter, you know, kind of leveling at like at Lance. Itself. That I mean, like if you're if you're going to disrespect an AFL footballer, you call him a coward. Um, but there, there aren't many terms that 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 cut deeper for you know people Correct. who are zooting this you know physical presence. You're a coward. Wow, I mean that's just. It's actually immature. It's what it is. It's a real lack of awareness to the game and his role in that situation. So, uh, yeah, highly inappropriate. A little bit, I think. I think we'll move on today. Lance will have the week off. And look, what is he? Thirty-six years of age, Brett. Um, you, there is the bike coming up from Swan's perspective. But let's be quite frank about it. I think if you've got Lance Franklin playing sixteen, seventeen games, keep him a little bit fresh for the finals. Everybody. We'll move on quickly. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Welcome back everybody to Jack and Flash. It's David Lithgow here with you. No Jack today, but we have the controversial former international Brett Jeeves in the house. Brett, we've got a big treat for us here. For all St Kilda fans, um, I'll tell you what, a bloke that's in pretty good form as well, and I believe he's feeling pretty refreshed after landing back from Noosa in a few days off. Good morning, Brad Crouch. Good morning, boys. How are we? Good, thank you, mate. And how are you? I, I believe you've been sunning up in... Noosa, is that a, a regular spot you head to? <laughs> oh, I wish it was. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, we've been up there the last three or four days, um, yeah, since the weekend. So it was uh, it was pretty nice, um, and reality's hit coming back to Melbourne. It's, uh, as a young man from Ballarat too, you're not overly familiar with the uh, climate that Noosa often brings? <laughs> no, no, not really. Um, managed to get myself some, but after spending about 10 minutes in the sun, so... <laughs> Um, no, it was, it was good fun. Played a couple of days of golf up there. And, um, yeah, relaxed. It was really good. How's the footy been, Brett? Uh, Brad, I should, Brett's with us. Have you enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed the last six or seven weeks? I've got to say, it has been a incredible turnaround uh, in form what the St Kilda Footy Club have done. What, um, what do you put it all down to? What's been the big trigger point for the Saints getting your season up and going? Yeah, no, we uh, we obviously struggled early last last season. We had a pretty pretty rough start to the season with our form, and um, you know we were, we were, we were, there were games where we were getting blown blown out of the water late last year. So it was 
it's sort of been a the, the pre-season was focused a lot on you know some of the things we did really well towards the end of last season, which I think we played some pretty good footy in the, in the latter half of last year. Um, and we're now flying, you know, we're at a stage where just about well, every game we've been either close or we're, we're winning. So it's it's been really good um, with our consistency, um, which we've been pre- pretty focused on over the last year or two. Brad, uh, yeah, mate, hope you're well. And to answer your question, Flash, my foot is flying. I'm getting more of it than, than I ever have. I'm feeling good. So thanks for asking. Um, Brad, you've you've had a you've had a tough run in terms of your career. So the start, you know, long history of injuries and, and different things. You've got a really good string of games, really, really consistent run of games. What what's what's been the change there? Is that a luck thing or a change in diet, change in approach? What's um What's what's brought about this extended run for you? Yeah, um, it was weird. Like early early in my career, I uh, I sort of I, I tended to keep having some you know random injuries, and um, you know, my body always felt pretty good, but I just felt a little bit unlucky at times. Um, had a few different impact injuries early on that I missed a lot of footy with. Um, I had, had a sustained sort of groin injury, um, and then yeah, sort of sort of from from then I've been I've been last. Three or four years been pretty good touch wood and um, it wasn't any anything really changing that much but I I guess just um, getting some continuity in training and um, being able to play games your body gets used to it and you pull up better from games so um, there hasn't been anything that I've changed too much. Brad, um, sorry, Flash, I've just got another one there. So um, from memory, you 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 battled with osteitis pubis for for quite a stint, um, and and back when osteitis pubis was a a little bit of an unknown, a um, little bit like syndesmosis at the moment. It seemed to be the the injury of the day. Everyone was kind of getting it. Um, former uh, cricketer myself um, struggled with osteitis pubis early days, and I know the the perceptions that, that came with it at the time, you know, that, that, that it was in, or I was kind of, you know, told it was in my head and um, not by the doctors, but by kind of uh, my, my colleagues and coaches. And was that, was that similar for you? It was a really unknown injury and, and, and you, you, it kind of crippled you for, for an extended period. What was, t- tell us a little bit about that process and how, how that came about and, and then how you came out the back end of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, there was definitely that, yeah, there was perceptions of that sort of thing as well. When I, definitely when I went through it, it was, um, you know, it's changed now. They, I think they call it different different things like, you know, um, like groin-related pain and um, pubic pain and stuff like that. I've actually had a bit of all of it at, at different stages. I, uh, I actually had a it – start, it all started. I got a corky on my hip pointer down in Tasmania, actually, playing down there against kangaroos, I reckon, early in the season, 2017. And um, from that corky – I think my running gait really changed over about eight weeks when I was sort of carrying it and um, to try and get through games. Um, and so I, I sort of got, started getting really sore in my groins. Um, and that probably happened. I probably didn't really feel good for another 18 months post that. So it was, um, it was pretty debilitating. I got through the 2017 season and, you know, we were, you know, in a final series, we were top four and, and playing the grand final that year. So it was, one of them ones where you had to really sort of push through it and it sort of um, it burnt me at the other end a little bit because um, you know, the next pre-season when I come back, I, I wasn't much good and um, I just had no power and um, was just in pain all the time. So it was it's, it's, it's really hard to explain to people that haven't had it what it's like because um, 
you know, it's it's not it's not like a broken leg or a, or a hamstring or anything like that where you just know what it feels like. And everyone's had had one at some stage. Um, but it, yeah, it was pretty debilitating, and I was just lucky, really lucky that I found the right surgeon for me, and um, he fixed me up. Um, and I haven't had any pain or problems with it since, which has been awesome. Mate, to, to be honest, he, hearing hearing that you had to push through the pain of osteitis pubis from a football standpoint, you know, so running 12, 13, 14, 15 Ks, you know, credit to you because I know the pain, you know, and, and having to lift your legs out of the car, not being able to get out of bed um, because you, you simply don't have the strength and, and, and the pain is too much. So I've always, I've always followed your career based on that um, and ju- just extraordinary. So, you know, credit to you because that, that pain is something really unique and it is difficult to explain to people. So, I'm I'm just so thrilled that you're able to get through that and and now putting together a really uh, really strong run of footy. So you know, and, and you know, huge well done to you because that that wouldn't have been easy. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. I, it was it's weird. Like you get used to the pain and um, you sort of get used to I guess living day to day with the pain. And that's that's the sort of thing you you know pulling your legs out of cars and um, we had stairs to our old house which was which was a killer. Um, Walking up Horrible. the stairs and getting yeah. out of bed, um, and you're sort of thinking, "Oh, mate, is it, it going to be better tomorrow?" Um, it never sort of is. Um, and then, you know, well, the thing that sort of, in the end, for me, like I, I really, I couldn't, um, I couldn't even walk probably. So it was at the stage then where I was like, "Well, oh, we've got to do something now." And um, I sort of felt myself that nothing was ever going to work um, unless it was surgery. So. Um, I got to the point where I started losing a little bit, and you know, I sort of said, oh, "I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother, I'm not going to bother anymore with my my rehab stuff because it's just not not helping." Um, and I think that can happen with these chronic groins. Um, I think my brother's just been through it last year. He had the exact same thing virtually, um, and the exact same experience as what I had. So, um, the, obviously, the groins aren't around as much, or you, you don't hear as much of osteoarthritis pubis, but. I definitely know this player's going through it um, at different times um, at the moment still. Uh, uh, Brad, Brad, we've, we've, got, we've, got, we've, got, a we've got a segment that you, that might, you might be interested in. It's called Apology Letters, and actually the St Kilda Footy Club uh, was my list of apologies uh, a couple of weeks ago because I didn't see this form turnaround coming. Tell me about... Uh, have you had a, any sort of relationship with Mick Mulhouse? Because I just... Um, Going through some of the archives here this morning, I vividly remember an article um, where Mick Mulhouse described you in late March as a pea shooter. Uh, he also <laughs> described you in May in 2021 as a slow midfield, and I have no idea why the St Kilda Football Club added that to Seb Ross, etc. Jack Steele, who are all one-paced. Um, Brad Crouch is a bust. Um, <laughs> any relationships with Mick there or something we've been missing? Um, no, I've never actually met Mick, believe it or not. But, um, he's a, I think he's a battle rap boy as well. So I think he is. So. <laughs> it hurts even more. Yeah, it hurts it, even more from a battle rap boy. Yeah, exactly. It, in all seriousness, um, however, for you, um, and I guess you were a bit of a barometer in terms of what St Kilda started off, and you did start the, the season a little bit slowly. Um, do you take anything to heart when people question the club and yourself, and, and what has been the catalyst for you, who I think is in career best form at the moment? 
Um, yeah, no, a little. Every now and then, when you hear some things, you know, think they might be a bit over the top, and um, you know, we're in a pretty results-driven um, industry um, where you know everything's under the microscope. We are, you know, we we get pretty harshly judged. I think at times when we when things aren't going well, and then conversely, I think at the time like you know, when things are going well, sometimes you, you're talked up more than what you should be. And you're sort of not as good as what um, people are making out to be. So I think. It's been, obviously a little bit of both, but um, yeah, obviously early in the season, um, you know, that, that article that he put out, um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really hurt too much, really, to be honest, because you know, I, I just sort of try and listen to you know, my teammates and my coaches, and, and they were pretty happy with it. Yeah, I was going, and the season hadn't even started yet, so it was sort of hard to judge off the off no games as well. Um, so I've, you know, I felt like my form since then's been reasonable. And so, do you take anything to heart there when you like the the pea shooter thing? Does that actually register? Like, let's we're not all Teflon, are we? Um, no, nah, other than I just get it called now by all my mates. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, that's, that's probably the only thing that'll keep rearing its head for the next ten years. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's. It's got to be hard too, Brad. You know, like you're you're an accumulator of the footy. You know, and, and when you're at your best, you're getting 35 to, to 40 possessions. If you have a day where it's where it's 16 or 17 possessions, the ball doesn't bounce your way. Sometimes that happens. I think people forget sport and particularly the shape of the Australian rules football. Sometimes you'll have days where it will just bounce in all the wrong directions, and 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 it's not even your fault. You can be in the best position for the team. The ball just might not come your way. How, how do you how do you deal with that side of it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Plus, um, it's it's weird, you know, like I, there's definitely times where I come off the ground and, you know, think oh, I, I really was in the right positions all day. I thought I played really well, played with a lot of intent. Um, you know, thought I didn't do a lot wrong and things for whatever reason didn't go your way. And there's, there's other times it's the opposite where, you know, you maybe I was a bit off today um, and didn't, didn't feel too good. Maybe, maybe you're carrying something during a game and, you know, you play... You play what looks like a pretty good game, so it's you know it's, it's really hard sometimes just to judge from the TV um, and even even at the game sometimes because there's so many little things that go into games and um, you know we play around stoppage and stuff like that in the midfield we're a lot of the time playing different roles so you know you don't you don't know what's happening there might be a player playing a selfless role um, that's really hard to pick up on um, when you when you're at the game just watching the game so. Um, yeah, it, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to make sure you listen to what the coaches are saying because you know they know the ins and outs, and so do your teammates. Uh, Brad, Club President Andrew Bassett confirming yesterday the process has begun for the contract extension for Brett Ratton. Um, what does Brett Ratton mean to Brad Crouch? Um, yeah, a lot. He's um, you know he's been awesome um, again again this year. I think you know, it'd be great. We we want to have him around the club for a long time. Um, because we, we love him around the footy club and um, it's great to hear that, you know, that process has begun um, for us definitely. He's you know, taken another huge step forward this year and had, had some little thought adjustments with our game plan and the way we've been playing um, through the pre-season and during the season. So, um, yeah, we're, we're hoping we can have him around the footy club for a long time. If you're not a Saints supporter or you're a Saints supporter and you haven't joined as members, um, jump on board now. Join the Saints as they march towards 60,000 members. Visit saintmembership.com.au.
www.sbs.com.au. Well, last one from us here, Brad. Um, 1966, I think, was the year and St Kilda last um, had the extended three or four days that um, celebrating a, a win. Um, have you got the group to, to challenge? Do, do you believe that? Yeah, I, I definitely believe that. You know, I, I thought when I first came to the footy club last year, I'd, I wouldn't have come here if I didn't think we had the group. Um, I'm pretty excited about some of the young players, um, you know, in, in the future as well. I think some of our first-year players this year, we had three first-year players play on the weekend, which is amazing. Um, and particularly, you know, playing in, in winning sides, it's, it's, um, you know, it's a really strong place to be. Um, you know, we... We, you know, we didn't know it's been a long time between between uh, premierships. Um, so, you know, we want we want to play finals first and foremost. So we're just yeah, you know, we got a really tough draw going into the second part of the season. Um, but you know, we're in a really strong spot. Eight and three, we couldn't couldn't be you know other than other than what Melbourne are, we couldn't be in much of a stronger spot. Um, but the next month or so is super important for us. So. Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna be trying pretty hard over the next week or so, and you know we we need to play our best footy in the in the second part of the year. We can, you know, we, we we probably played Melbourne two or three weeks ago and and got shown you know how far off we are at the moment. So we're probably not there at the moment, but if we can discover that form in the later part of the year, it'd be awesome. Brad Crouch, thanks for joining us on SEN Tassie. Good luck uh, over the next few weeks and thanks, for the rest of the season. Awesome, thanks, boys. Cheers. Coming up next is Apology Letters. This is Flash and Jeevesy here on SEN Tassie. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Welcome back to the last segment of the first hour here on SEN Tasmania. David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with your apology letters. Thanks to Co. All your faves in one place on Co. Sports. Now, Brett, very quickly before we get to the news, apology letters. My apology is directed to English cricket. And I would like the English cricket selectors, hierarchy, etc., to do a full page in the Times apologising to 39-year-old Jimmy Anderson for not playing the first test at the Gabba. And then falling out of favour in the West Indies and Stuart Broad in the same... He's 39, he's old as you, he's nearly 40. He's still their best bowler and we saw it again on display against New New Zealand. Can you explain to me, will we ever know why Jimmy Anderson didn't play the first test of the Ashes this year? No, it was horrible. And the apology needs to extend to not playing him (laughs) and winning the toss and batting. As well, like what, um, in, in what earth? In what earth do you win the toss at the Gabba? First test, you've got Anderson brought at your disposal. It had been raining for a month. Uh, the wicket was green. Your bowl, my goodness. Apology, bang on flash. Well done. That's the first hour wrapped up. We're going to get to the news, and we'll be back with the second hour. Plenty to talk about. Jared Wright, Joe Menzies, coach at South LA Football Club in the SANFL, coming up shortly. Stay tuned. Sports Biggest Moments, called play-by-play from around the world, right here on SEN. 
Good morning, I'm Anna Pavlou with SEN News. The Albanese government isn't ruling out increasing Australia's coal-fired power output to deal with the looming critical gas shortage. Chris Bowen, the nation's new energy minister, hasn't dismissed working with industry to increase coal power production after Labor was elected on the promise of... around the country on the SEN app. David Lithgow and Brett Chiefs filling in for the three-time Coleman medalist Jack Revolt. Now, Brett, we love it when we finally get to see another Taswegian on the list, which is very exciting. North Hobart's Jai Menzies was picked up by Essendon in the mid-season draft on Wednesday night after moving to South Adelaide in the SNFL this year, and right now we've got Jai's current coach or former coach, we'd have to say, Jared Wright from South Adelaide Footy Club Online. Good morning to you, Jared. Good morning, guys. How are you? Terrific, thank you, mate. And how are you? I mean, my first question is probably the obvious one as a, a semi professional uh, league that you are in the SANFL and the coach of. Uh, a team striving towards the premiership. Um, what's it like to lose one of your best players? <laughs> um, yeah, no, look, something that we've become too accustomed to. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say unfortunately. It's, it's a great yes. opportunity for these young young players. But um, yeah, we've 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 had I think six players taken now in the past four years in mid-season or all the supplementary listings in March. So um, it, it's we've probably been the most affected club in in South Australia, certainly maybe even Australia. So it's been pretty difficult to be able to build a list that um, that's sustainable throughout the throughout the year, but it, it shows that our you know, our, our program that we're running here and um, the environment that we're creating is giving these kids some opportunity to, to get to the highest level, which is great. Tell us about Jai, Jared. Uh, how did he end up getting to South Adelaide in the first place? Uh, yeah, we've got a little Tassie community building at South Adelaide at the moment. Um, so generally, your, your best source of recruiting is, is you know, his mates and and creating that environment. Um, so Tim Timmy Hazel, who, who's Jai's manager, um, yeah, played a bit in the sample a, a while ago, and um, he he sent uh, two players to us a few years ago in Mitch O'Neill and Fraser Turner, who both uh, I think from Clarence and North Hobart as well. Um, I think Fraser was at Fraser was at Richmond for a couple of years, and, and Mitch O'Neill went to West Coast Eagles um, in the COVID year as a rookie, and um, unfortunately both got um, yeah both got delisted and, and found their way back to South Adelaide last year um, and played last year with us, and um, 
yeah, so we, with that connection there with knowing Jaya, we, we got another young man called Oliver Davis uh, who came over and played for the Crows last year um, in the Sample side. He moved across to us this year as well, and and Jai and, and Ollie and Mitch and Fraser are you know, close mates from junior playing days in Tassie and um, decided to, to come across. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a nice, um, nice little Tasmanian community we're building and, and they've all got a lot of talent, which is, which is great um, to, to see some Tasmanian kids you know, coming through the pathways. Did you think he would uh, get picked up? Oh, look, probably from the first time we seen him train, um, there was certainly a level of um, uh, de- dedication, commitment, um, and he certainly had some scope to improve. Um, you know, pretty raw in, in regards to, to what he was, you know, what he was playing and, and how he was playing. But um, he, he's really quick, powerful young man. He's for, for a 19 year old kid. He's, he's still built pretty solidly. He's not. Um, you wouldn't call him a, a small forward because um, he's probably 180, 182, but he's he's built pretty solidly. So I think I think his his size and his strength is certainly um, got some scope to, to play at the highest level. Um, and yeah, right from the first training session, um, we certainly seen his speed and his power and his the way his goal sense was around around the big sticks was certainly going to work uh, work with us at South Adelaide. And we just had to just to continue trying to develop his game in in more of a defensive term um, to help with that pressure and, um, you know, slowing the game down, which is what obviously a lot of AFL clubs are looking for. Jared, do you think, uh, do you think that they've, they've picked a young fella with an eye towards development or is he someone that, that they might see as ready-made? Like, can he, can he, can he step in and impact for, it, for Essendon straight away? Yeah, I, I think Jai can. Um, certainly, like I just said before, with the way he's, his contest is he's, he's quite a strong um, young kid and and runs straight lines. So he you know he doesn't shirk a tackle, he doesn't shirk a ground ball, he he runs straight through. So there, there's you know the, the mental side of the game. He's quite confident as well in, in his own ability, and you know certainly you need that to be able to um, impact at AFL level. Um, the moment you second guess or or have any um, doubts in regards to your ability, you know the game will go past you pretty quickly. So. Um, Jai's certainly got that confidence, um, you know, in his own ability, which I think will will hold him in good stead. But he's, um, yeah, I think they've picked him with a need for now, but certainly, obviously, long term, he's he's 19 and and has a, a, a lot of scope of development as well. But um, yeah, from what I've seen of him this year, um, you know, within the next probably three or four weeks, I could see him, um, you know, certainly playing um, some AFL football um, with, you know playing the way he was in the sample. Um, and if he's doing that in the Essendon VFL side for a week or two, I, I can't see why he wouldn't get a selection because he was, you know, kicking three, four, five goals a game um, with us, which is pretty uh, was, was pretty amazing for a, for a 19-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah, terrific. He's good, good foot speed, good goal sense. The other young Tasmanian, Harrison Gunther, Glenorchy boy, I actually tried to get him to, to choose cricket. As a 16, 17-year-old, super talented, multi-sport. T- tell us a bit about him. How How is he going? Yeah, H has been great. Um, like I said before, we're building another little Tassie community. So um, uh, our footy director is another Tasmanian, Gerard Bennett. Um, from a blast from the past. He was at the Swans in Geelong and played at South. So, um, yeah, Gerard um, knew H is, uh, I guess, stepdad and, um, we we went and watched him play um, you know last year and 
Um, I played a couple of games in the VFL, but he settled in really well. Um, he's played a bit of a mixture between back and forward. He played the first probably four games as a defender, and um, we were um, we needed to match some height for the Crows um, as a forward line of probably about three weeks ago, and he did really well. So, um, yeah, he, he stayed forward for the past three weeks. So he's he's going going well. Um, yeah, enjoying his time over here in South Australia and, and continuing his uh, his chippy lifestyle, which is good. Jared, I'm interested in this process, and I a little bit tongue in cheek mentioned about um, you know what effect does it actually have on your footy club? Of course, in Jai's case, he started the season. I'm pretty sure he did a pre-season with North Hobart under Clinton French before he uh, came to you. Um, you bring these guys in to make you better, to play finals and ultimately win South Adelaide's next premiership. Uh, what can the AFL do better with this process protecting um, the middle club? So in your case, South Hobart, but, but even you can wind it back to North Hobart if you like. Um, what, 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 what's your thought and what's your take on it all? Look, it's, it's, a real, it's a real tricky one. Um, if if the players play, then you you just say you take your hat off and you go like it's a great story and um, you know I think I think the timing of it's obviously not ideal um, you know whether or not there's you know I don't know what the exact success rate is but you know it's probably forty percent thirty percent success rate of players actually playing who who get taken in the mid season draft like that season maybe even less twenty percent so. You know, I think the, the rule was meant that it was meant to be brought in to, to sort of fill a need for the now. But I guess the gap between you know state and AFL um, is is quite significant from a, a physical and a um, I guess speed attribute. So um, look, we've been affected every year. With, um, you know, with Jai's case, when you're losing a small forward who you know is a very dominant small forward, um, they're, they're a little bit more replaceable in regards to. Um, Numbers on a list. Um, we've always got a midfielder that can roll, roll through there. Um, we've, we've unfortunately lost our three best ruckmen in the competition and our key forward, um, who are you know you only have one on your list. So when you when those players get taken, they, they do fill a big a big hole on your list. Which you know we haven't won a premiership since 1964, and we were sitting top the other year, and we lost our key forward and our ruckman, um, and we ended up not making finals by percentage, and we were equal top at round nine. So that's how much of a hole it left for us. Um, so it, it, it does hurt. And, um, you know, whether there's more of a commercial um, compensation, because it, it does take a lot of time, effort, um, and financial support to get players interstate, to set them up with work, um, you know, living, you know, obviously, you know, pay the, um, their, their match payments and base payments out of the salary cap and, all the, the welfare support that goes around with making them comfortable and happy, um, you know, it, it does take a lot of time and effort to, to get these people in and develop them. Uh, the university is another one as well. So, um, and then just to you know, get, a, I think it's $10,000 like in your back pocket, it's, yeah, it's a little bit of a slap in the face when you sort of do so much time and effort and, and work to um, get someone taken out. But when you see them play, it, it, it does alleviate you know some of the, uh, I guess some of the uh, the angst that you do hold in the initial terms. So it's a tricky one. Um, you know everyone's getting affected by it now. I think there was 19 picks 
this year, whereas I think the first year there was only eight, and we had we had one of them. And then, um, yeah, so I think it's growing in stature now. Whether or not there's going to be a mid-season trade period, which which might you know reduce that that talent pool, um, you know, only time will tell. I do sympathise with you. I guess your focus still turns to the Eagles and you won't have uh, the Premiers, of course, the Eagles from last year. You won't have Jai this week. It's a really delicate one, isn't it? And I, and I imagine, Jared, going forward, it's going to have more conversations to make sure we get it right so the clubs are compensated. Thanks so much, Jared, for joining us. How are you looking with the Eagles this week, by the way, just quickly? Uh, we're a tough game. I, I... It's probably going to it's forecast to be um, probably the wettest and windiest game I would have coached. I reckon it's uh, <laughs> right. 20-mile rain every day for the next three days and 50k wins. So, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty much fully strength. I think they've got 15 premiership players playing and we've, we've, we've got a number of injuries at the moment. So we've had a little bit of a, a difficult time over the past six weeks with trying to field our best team. But um, I think the weather conditions will probably suit us with taking away a little bit more of that talent depth to just a little bit more, you know, grunt type of football. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be out at Woody Oval on Sunday and, um, you know, hopefully come away with a win to keep our season, um, you know, intact in with the finals at the halfway point of the year. Jared Wright, coach of the South Adelaide Footy Club, thanks so much for joining us here on SEN Tassie, mate. Good luck for the rest of the year. No, thank you very much, guys. And, and yeah, Tassie are producing some really good footballers and, um, yeah, obviously we've, we've got a few at our club now, which we, we love having here. So, um, yeah, all the best for the, um, for the rest of the show. Thanks. Joy will join us. Joy will join us on the show next week as he gets settled into the Bombers. This is Flash and Jeevesy here on SEN Tasmania. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on SEN Tassie. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Welcome back Welcome to Jack, back and, to Jack Flash. and Flash. David Lithgow with you. Brett Jeeves in the house, of course, with Jack not here this week. He's on annual leave ready and rearing for the Tigers to resume next week. Text in on 0437-552-535 or tweet us at SEN Tasmania. Brett, just very quickly before we catch up with the new Tassie Tigers coach, Jeff Vaughan, got a text message from North Hobart coach Clinton French, and he said, Tassie football should be given a lot of praise in this as well. Um, we're an important part of this process, which pretty hard to argue with that, Brett. Yeah, look... Um Producing some good players, South Adelaide with three or four, as Jared mentioned. Yes. So, and yeah, Harrison Gunther could be something special uh, development. The key there for him, good kid, good family. Of course, Harrison's stepdad, Benny Beams, uh, drafted to Melbourne, uh, who uh, Jared was referring to. So, um, he's he's got some good guidance around him, young Harrison. No doubt about it. Cricket season. Well, it's cricket season in England. Watched the test yesterday. I got about a session in it, but we're limbering up and it'll come around a little bit quicker and what we do know Brett is Tasmanian has a new head coach and for the first time we've been able to chat to him since having that job it's a very good welcome and good morning to Jeff Vaughan. Good morning lads and thank you for having me on. And how are you mate you've uh, you've freshened up you had a, a decent break um, just after you received 
the job. Um, you must be feeling ready and raring to go in this new challenge for you. Very excited. Been uh, had the feet under the desk for about the last three weeks now. Had a good break after the back end of the season and actually got my boat wet for a, for the first time for a while. So it was good to to spend some time on the water, have a nice break. But really excited about getting uh, getting the boys back in. There's a few guys floating around starting their pre-season stuff, but um, looking to looking forward to officially starting later this month. Obviously, you had uh, a few years down in Tassie, then involved in the, the national setup there for a period of time. Um, what was it that got you back to Tassie uh, at, the, at the tier two level of cricket, I guess, in the world? What was it that dragged you back? Because not only that, you've, well, you've signed a very long-term deal, so this is, this is permanent for Jeff Vaughan. It is, and look, I'm, I'm certainly very grateful to Cricket Taz for the opportunity, um, for the openness to, to look into uh, into my return. Um, uh, look, it was it was ongoing discussions throughout the summer, and I felt very uh, very invested in the organisation and, and the program. Um, uh, I think it's well noted that um, their, a choice that they had um, in September uh, wasn't able to do the role they, they held and went through a long process of trying to find the, the right candidate. Um, and through my conversations with both Dom and, and Simon as the high performance manager, it was um, conversations around the fact that, hey, look, this is still an opportunity. There's a, we're still in the marketplace. If there, if there is, any, is any interest from your end, um, by all means, we could discuss. So those conversations continued and um, um, it opened my, opportunity, opened my eyes to, to another opportunity. Certainly, assistant coach with the, with the national team was a... Um, uh, very exciting role for me, but to, to lead a program, uh, domestic cricket, of which there's only six jobs in, in the land, um, just a great opportunity for me to get my teeth into into a program, lead it, and, and hopefully see some real benefits for our young players coming through the system. Borny, Brett here. Um, congratulations on, on coming back. A five-year deal. Who's your manager? What a negotiator. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. I don't utilise a, a manager, GV. I must admit, I, uh, um, you know, I prefer to do my own discussions and um, um, and sort out myself in that regard. But look, just uh, I think it was a good opportunity for both parties. One that um, the, the organisation, and most importantly, we're looking for some stability. Uh, we're looking for uh, a real clear direction for the, the, the coming years. Um, there's been quite a bit of movement over the journey the last few years, as as everyone would have would have seen from afar. But um, an opportunity to just um, create a little bit of consistency, mainly for the players uh, and for those guys coming through. So, great opportunity just to to bunker down, settle in, and and create a, a little environment that we're learning and improving and developing young cricketers to to not only uh, win games for Tasmania, but hopefully go on and represent our country as well. Uh, very fortunate that we're able to. Div- Sorry, guys. No, no, no. Sorry, I, I, we're, we're kind of on a bit of delay, but um, sorry to cut you off. I was just going to say maybe a career in player management if, if, if all this doesn't quite work for you with those negotiating skills. But um, I, I, think, I think it's great having you back. Um, always really like the way you've gone about a real um, humble approach for you. You kind of, you know, you had a, had a good first-class career and then went away from the game, did your own thing for a while, uh, worked for yourself and then came back into the game. I think that's that's always a really um, grounded way to do it. It gives you a nice taste of what life's like outside of what can be a bit of a bubble. Um, I guess moving on, nine Tasmanians on the current contract list. 
um, which would be the, the the largest amount I reckon for quite a while since you go back to Bailey Hilfenhaus, Doherty, that that golden generation of Tasmanian cricket. Is that by design? Uh, a little bit more emphasis on on some local Tasmanian boys, Nick Davis on contract, Jared Freeman, Mitch Owen, and the like. I think it's just mainly a sign of, of the current system, Jeezy, to be honest, and, and the investment that's been put in, uh, in in Tasmanian cricket over the last X amount of years. We've got some exciting young players um, coming through our ranks. We will always attempt to uh, to promote uh, young Tasmanians wherever possible. Um, we we certainly are in a, a job to to pick and develop the best cricketers in the land, but at any chance, we'll certainly pick some young Tasmanians, and we're always on the look for, for our best young talent coming through, and really exciting to have a few of those young guys that you mentioned, and Nick Davis is the is the latest one to join, only a 19-year-old boy, and uh, exciting uh, exciting times ahead for him, hopefully. Mate, who who outside of that that current list, I guess, across that that crop of young Tasmanians, um, who, who do you like? Who's who's the future? Who who do you think is is kind of next in line for for, for contract uh, out outside of that that current list? Uh, through grade cricket, you mean, Jeezy? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like young young local Tasmanians who who are on your radar. Who who who, who are you watching? Well, look, we've got um, we just had the the under nineteen carnival up in Mackay only through through April time, and there is a a plethora of young players. We've got a great uh, academy system in place um, where we are really keen on developing any of our young players from about fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years of age, uh, mixing them with our best young players of eighteen and nineteen and twenty. So, uh, look, we will always, and I think we have done over the journey, promote grade cricket and grade cricketers or premier cricketers, um, and promote and offer opportunities to those who perform well through um, through Premier Cricket. Um, rich, well, quite a rich history in that regard. So it's certainly an area that we, we put a lot of emphasis on. Uh, we'll ensure that we've got the best academy program this year again um, and uh, ensure we'll still get those uh, young Tasmanian talent coming through. Yeah, Jeff, uh, having known a lot of the, or I guess recent retired Tasmanian cricketers, um, Everybody speaks highly of the way you've um, applied your trade, Alex Doolan's, the, the Tim Paynes, etc. Can I just touch on Tim briefly? Um, is there something there for him in the short term even, um, in terms of a, a coaching role, etc.? Um, Australian captain of recent times, uh, we know he did a, an outstanding job and the way things perhaps finished for him in the national setup wasn't ideal on an individual um, front, that's for sure. Is there, a, is there a role for Tim? Look, wonderful player, as you mentioned, Flash. Wonderful player, wonderful leader. Been great servant to, to Tasmanian and Australian cricket. He's clearly working through what's, what's next for him. Um, yep. From a playing, a coaching, a leadership, or, uh, or what other role he, he may have in the game. Um, you guys are probably pretty close to him as well through through your role there. So, look, whichever way we can as an organisation, we, we aim to, to assist and help develop and um, would love to have people of the ilk of, of painting around the place uh, in, ever, in whatever um, facet that may be. And we're very lucky to have very similar likes uh, of Paney and uh, that senior group of, of players as well in Bird and Siddle and Wade and these sort of guys as well. So very fortunate. And I know Paney's working through what's, what's next. Um, he's, he's working through that currently. And on an extension on that as well, um, we saw a little bit of the fallout and with uh, James Faulkner last year. Um, 
I would imagine knowing you briefly in the way you, people described you, their relationships, etc., that you'd like to rebuild a little bit, especially, you know, a great uh, Tasmanian slash, you know, 2020 international star that James was. Yeah, look, he's, uh, he, I've only known James since I've been down here. Um, certainly wasn't, uh, I'm not fully aware of what transpired last year, um, but he's uh, another wonderful cricketing Tasmanian person, um, good fella. Uh, and look, I still think he, I truly believe he's still got a lot of good cricket in, in him. Um, he's a young player, young man, um, and he can play for another three or five years. I've got no doubt about that. Um, and at some stage, we'll certainly reach out and have a, have a coffee with him or a cold one and, uh, and discuss uh, where he's at and how he's travelling. Jeff, um, a bit of a change in coaching structure for you as well um, in terms of some new positions. It was reported Ryan Harris was a chance of coming down and assisting you with some fast bowling coaching. That didn't eventuate, and, and we've got Rob Castle, uh, which is an unbelievable get. Rob's uh, background in, in, in fast bowling in particular and some head coaching roles um, is is international and has always done a great job and is really highly regarded. Uh, tell, tell us a bit about that proce- process with Ryan and then uh, additionally a little bit about Rob. Yeah, well, look, Rob was uh, Rob was one that I worked with um, in South Australia best part of a decade ago and um, I had a lot of respect for him as a human being, as a leader and, and certainly as a bowling coach. Um, he's gone off on a journey and was was at the Redbacks and Strikers while while I was there, headed off and um, and coached in Ireland and was the assistant coach, senior assistant coach and, and bowling coach for the Irish cricket team. Spent some time in the IPL and then just recently been back in Adelaide um, around the South Australian setup as well. So. He was one of the first persons that I, I reached out to and, and have spoken to over the journey. And we, we, uh, we often floated the, the desire of working together again. Um, feel very grateful that, that Rob's decided to, to pick up his family and, and come down and um, um, live the better, better part of the world, I guess. Um, great communicator, good leader, good cricket coach. And, and we're very grateful and very um, excited about having uh, having someone of Rob's calibre in the in the program. Um, he spent some time with us last week and and met some of the players. Uh, um, and he's doing a lot of stuff online at the moment with us. Um, but we'll be down for for the start of our pre-season. So good operator, and uh, yeah, we're very fortunate. Last one from us here, Vaughny. Um the Hurricanes need a coach. We know that. Um, I imagine that'd be something you uh, you're really keen to work closely with when that. I guess um, announcement and appointment happens. Yeah, look, there's no doubt we'll be we'll benefit from running a, a one program mentality. Um, clearly, there's two different different aspects of it. The Tigers and the and the Hurricanes um, uh, can be quite different bodies, but all under the one arm, we can uh, we can have some real benefits and some strengths across across the organisation. So whoever and whenever that's, um, that's appointed, it'll be one of the first things that I do is to reach out to whoever it is and, and work out ways that we can benefit our, our players and our organisation um, by having a collaborative approach across, across both of the programs. So, um, yeah, in time, I guess we'll, uh, we'll know and we can work towards developing the best cricketing body in, in the land. It all sounds very exciting to me. I know Brett talking off air was very excited about your appointment early on. Jeff Vaughan, great to have you on here this morning and we look forward to talking to you as we get close to cricket. It'll come around a little bit quicker than we always think. We'll be and we're all looking forward to it, boys, aren't we? But thanks for having me on and, uh, and all the best. 
Jeff Fawn, the Tasmanian Tigers cricket coach. Great to have Jeff Fawn on very quickly. Brett, what did you make for that? Yeah, Vaughn is pretty smooth. Um, like I said, you know, I, I love I love Vaughn. I think he's great in terms of um, his approach from a, from a human element. Um, really understands his players, um, but in, you know, importantly, takes the time to understand his players in constant contact with them all and, and, and wants to know the nitty gritty. And look, you know, if you're a professional coach in, in, in the current environment, uh, that's really important. You've got to know player backgrounds. You've got to be able to adapt to. Um, you know the way the way that they've been taught life. What are their values? Where are they from? Uh, what what do their mum and dad do? Uh, how have they been brought up? What are some of the challenges and barriers with that? So, uh, I know Vaughny's got a really good eye to that. And importantly, Rob Castle, as Vaughny said, he's a gun, really, and really well aligned to Vaughny in terms of the, the the human element. So, wants to know people. Um, he's same age as me. We played all our junior cricket against each other at the academy together. Um, and and just a, a stand-up human. So you know, I, I'm really excited um, about the direction Tassie Cricket's taken because I've put they've appointed people that that want to know people and want to connect with people. And it does sound like Jeff's got a, um, a a really good focus on Tasmanian cricketers as well. Like we said, nine on current contracts uh, that's up in previous years, and you know we're sort of getting into those types of numbers we saw with you know, as we mentioned before Bailey Hilfenhouse, Doherty. Um, but Butterworth, etc. Et, et so you know, hopefully there's a uh, there's a, there's a golden generation on the way. Hearing you talking about being excited about Tasmanian cricket, Brady Boy, makes me very very excited. Great positive energy for you coming out this morning. Harrison Agents to buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today on SEN Tassie. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. It's hot, real hot. That's hot, that's hot, that's hot, that's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not. Oh my gosh, I love that intro. Uh, thank you very much to our producers who bring up the good little background tunes all the time. Hot or Not is with us here, Bretty Boy. Gosh, so many topics and not much time to go through, but let's crank into it. Hot or not for KO, all your faves in one place, including AFL, NRL, and Formula One on KO Sports. Now, Brett, hot or not, Josh Majette having a second child on the way is a positive sign that he want to settle in Tasmania and re-sign with the Jack Jumpers. Not. No. <laughs> he, uh, the thing about having two kids is that you need a support network. Grandparents are cash. the key to any form of balance and happiness. And if anything, it probably sends him homeward bound a little bit, unless Jeez. Scotty Roth is providing babysitting services as well as being an all-star human. Okay, Not Brett Jeeves says second child means bye-bye Josh Majet. I hope you're wrong. Well, I hope I'm wrong too. And if he needs help, I'll put my hand up. To stick him around. Hot or not, Flashman, Tasmania must be proactive and field a team in the VFL in 2023. I don't know how possible you'd get a VFL team up in 2023, but I would suggest that absolutely in 2024, that needs to happen. So in a bigger... Damn hot! Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. And I think in a... Yeah, they're not just having a team next year. I mean, who's coaching? Brett Jeeves and David Lithgow? I mean, we'd get some good spirit in there, wouldn't we? It's just—it's a bit of hard work, isn't it? So, you know, the, it let's get active. Like we—we—we we, we got to start making the play a little bit here to show that we're 
we're legitimate in our in our smashing of our heels against the floor. So, yeah, good call, Flashman. Okay, Brett, hot or not, after saving the Ashes, Hobart being scheduled just the one men's international match for the summer, which is the ODI in January against South Africa, of course, is an insult to Tassie sports fans. Um, it's been a long, long-term insult, I suppose. You know, we, yep. we are we are last on the on the list, I guess. I, I don't think it's an insult to the fans. I, I think it's a, it's a long-term disrespect in terms of what's made available to us. The Test match was unbelievable, though, wasn't it? And uh, I thought the wicket was was outstanding. Outside of the first, it got it copped a bit of criticism, but outside the first session where it did quite a bit, it was it was just quick, and none of the batters yes. were able to adapt. A lot of you know. Uh, Mark Wood was unbelievable, both fast bounces. Uh, the Australians were horrible against it. And then in the second innings, uh, the English just collapsed in a manner that uh, had nothing to do with the wicket whatsoever. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a long-term disrespect, Flash, man. Back to you. Hot or not, Nick Rewald suggesting the Saints should give, give Clarko a call is an insult to Brett Ratton. Not. Not. Stop it, Nick. I love Nick, by the way. He's one of great plucks, by the way, and he's super on Fox Sport. But what? What are you talking about? Clarko's not going to St Kilda, is he? No, not. We don't have to talk further about that. Hot or not, Brett? Matthew Wade still has a role to play at the international level after winning the IPL with the Titans during the week. Uh, hot. 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 Huge Matthew Wade fan. I love the Bulldog. Uh, he smacks it. He's he's been in career best form for uh, for a while now. It's um it's just this, he's he's producing this longevity, um you know throughout the back end of his career. He knows his game. Um, I, I want to see a little bit more of Matthew Wade, particularly against the white ball. I think red ball maybe it's it's probably over for him. Um, that that aspiration, but certainly the white ball stuff. He's he's been on fire. So yeah, let's do it. An amazing last couple of years he's had, Matty Wade. Good on him. He's really covered himself in glory. Oh, it's been sensational. Good, humble dude as well. So we like that. Hot or not, the Tasmanian AFL bid could be undone by a lack of bipartisan support from all strands of Tasmanian government. Everyone must get on the same page if we want this. That is scalding hot. That is burning hot. And this is this is this is politics. This is the trouble, and I hate the fact that the Labor Party are already attacking this. I get uh, as your conversations happen with the health and super important things to me, as you will know, Brett. Everyone except me is that works in a hospital uh, in my family. But just get on board. Just get on board. You've got everybody's got to roll the sleeves up here. Let's not stuff it up. My gosh, I think they could. Brett's hot or not, a two-year deal from Tex Walker from a premiership contender looking for a key forward is a solid investment. Hot. Real I hot. Think, hot of this, uh, my shorts, I can cook things in it. <laughs> I think the AFL are getting the mid-season period wrong. It has to be trades. Tex Walker should, should be with a premiership contender this week. Has to happen. Third round draft pick for Tex Walker. Adelaide accept that. I think Premiership contender gets their key forward. Tex gets a shot of the Premiership. Everyone wins. He's got more foot in him. He's got another two years in him, Tex. Yeah, I think he's great. He's great football. I mean, he's he's you know had some off field stuff that has been a little unsavoury and 
uh, and far from ideal. But as a as a footballer, he, he's he's electric. And in a in you know you put him in a premiership contenders mid with with midfield strong midfield, um, he's going to get some 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 good access to the prune. So hot. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lifton. Welcome back to SEN Tasmania. Flash and Jeevesy just about ending for another Friday. Jackie Boy on holidays. He's on holidays next week too. He's got Thursday night footy. But he'll be back in a fortnight Brett, today, for you and me, there is only one focus as absolute basketball nuffies that we are. Chase Centre in San Francisco, game one of the NBA Finals. What do you reckon? Well, I watched watched the Warriors-Mavericks series live and in full. Uh, Don't tell my boss. It was a little sneaky, sneaky. But um, the Warriors are playing it. Warriors are playing their best basketball. They they are phenomenal at the moment. They move the ball so well. Um, no one holds it. You know, one of the challenges for Dallas is that you know it, get, it does get a bit stuck with Luca, um, which is predictable. Um, the Warriors are, are, are so the opposite. You know, Thompson gets it, he shoots it off, and they're always getting it to the open guy. Defensively, can they stop the Celts? That's going to be the challenge. Um, Celtics, young team. First finals for for Tayton Brown and Co. Uh, against the experienced heads of the Warriors. It's going to be an unbelievable matchup, as all finals are. Um, I'm thinking the Warriors though, just be, just through their offensive polish. Yep, me too. Warriors in seven. Boston are defensively outstanding. Andrew Wiggins has become a super important role. Porter off the bench too. I, I think they've got some options for those big tall wings tonight, Brett. I tell you what, it's a good game of footy this week. Very briefly, but. In 10 seconds, Cats, Dogs tonight. Who wins? Cats. Cats. Good game Saturday night too. The Swans playing the Demons. And Lions, Dockers. They're three absolutely ripping games. Brett, thank you, mate. I look forward to seeing you next week. I'm sure we'll be the highest rated show again with our Jackie, by the way. Kenny, you are Kenny Lithgow. I was told to call you Kenny Lithgow, the famous Swans supporter that sings a song with him. That's you. Shut up. Great to have you come, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Good on you. Thanks for joining.